We're back. Uh, unfortunately, this weekend we were devoid of uh, Premier League games, but the crew is back all together. Utsav clocking in, uh, desperate to get back to work. Such a good employee. If his bosses are hearing him, are listening to us, please take note of this in his uh, annual checkup. <laughs> Apur in Jaipur, last few weeks in Jaipur and Anitej in Hyderabad. So, and I'm Ashwin from Bangalore and uh, biggest events of this weekend football related obviously the international break but i think we're all like hotly anticipating the games this week you know when you go without the premier league for two weeks you realize how empty our lives are without games on the weekend so uh, the first game coming we'll just talk about international fixtures a little bit but we'll talk about the first game coming into this big weekend is uh, everton liverpool an incredibly anticipated derby considering where Everton stand on the table. I think, I, I can't remember a derby where Everton were above Liverpool. So this is a really, really big opportunity for the big um, signings of Everton to really make a mark on the game. We'll quickly talk about Everton and their players during the mid uh, week during the, the international break. We had Dinia having a really good game for France. Uh, Richarlison, James, Yarimina all played big parts for their uh, respective South American teams in um, the South American qualifiers. Liverpool obviously uh, having Naby Keita test positive, but big news in Thiago and Mane returning. Um, you guys were discussing a little bit about what you guys expect to see considering it's the first international break. And Everton, uh, despite the fact that they've never really had too many players go for international breaks before, now you can see the profile of their squad when you see how many people and where all these guys are going to play. Calvert-Lewin obviously having a great impact on the English national team coming in this first game scoring. Do you guys see Liverpool? Um, do you think this is a positive considering Liverpool's last game and considering the form Everton coming in that this is going to be after a break? Yeah, I definitely think so because I think Klopp always prepares well for a big game especially against like sides you know who consider themselves um, ready for the challenge against Liverpool and also it's at Goodison Park. And saying that, recently, even though Everton has not matched up with Liverpool in the past how many ever seasons, Klopp has not done too well at Goodison Park. Last two, three fixtures have been draws and I think we've got two draws and one win in the last three fixtures. So it's going to be a good derby. I hope Ancelotti attacks Liverpool and, you know, goes for the win because we're expecting a really good game. And if that happens, I think we can get ready for something really, really exciting and probably one of the... It has potential to be one of the best derbies going in probably in the last decade. That we've so. seen in a long time. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Utsav and Anitesh were talking about the cohesion of the squad after an international break and what do you guys make of that and what do you think especially considering like I said Liverpool's last result do you think do you think it's a good thing that they all went all over the world and kind of put that result behind them and then come in now with fresh uh, sort of expectations and hopes I mean I know that Klopp wasn't happy with the fact that the international break was right after because he didn't have time to talk to the team and stuff like that but he did say that you know that night after that Villa game he sent out a big text to the entire squad and he was like I just needed to get that out there um, he did obviously have um, you know Thiago and Mane back in training during this because of the non-international break for them so I think that was good and honestly huge huge for the team going into this game. 
like for Liverpool, I mean, just to have those uh, two big names back. We have Matip back. I am interested to see if he persists with Gomez or Matip for this game because, you know, Gomez hasn't been the best um, um, so far this season. I definitely do think it will be a big, big game. So, I don't know. In terms of the international break part of it, it's positives for sure, getting it out of the way, negatives in the sense that you don't get that extra week to prepare um, with the team and all of that. But, I, I mean, it's going to be a... It's going to be a close game um, for sure, so we'll see. And even uh, Hendo is available. He got some good minutes in uh, in the international break. I think he played both games at least 20 minutes. And I think he'll be a huge addition, especially when Nabi and Gini Van Alden both are offering the same thing. There's not too much flair going in or, you know, those cutting-edge passes or that work rate Henderson has to offer is not there from Nabi Keita. So, I think there could be possibly four changes from the squad that faced Aston Villa with all these big names coming back and Matip may potentially replacing Gomez. So, a lot to look forward to, you know. As far as Everton, actually, they um, might have Yeri Mina missing through injury. And I think compared to last season, the defence hasn't been that great this season. They've conceded in literally every game besides uh, playing Spurs in the opening day. But, yeah, now they have Yeri Mina missing as well. And Mason Holgate from last season has been a big miss for them, I think. He was brilliant for them last season under Ancelotti. Uh, Ancelotti, sorry, I should. Um, <laughs> but, Thank yeah, you. I mean, and that too, coming back from an international break right now, I think I think Liverpool, it, it was better for Liverpool than Everton, for sure. Yeah, and another thing is we were talking about the South American qualifiers. I mentioned those. So their games end, I think, today, which is a Thursday, which is crazy considering that they'll yeah. have to fly all the way across the world and come and play the first game, which, which is a, a it's a 12 p.m. local time kickoff. So I wonder how that's going to affect, especially considering both these clubs are filled with South American players. You know, you have Firmino and you have James. You have a lot of players on both sides. So that'll be interesting to see and just a little bit like we'll talk a little bit more about the international breaks you guys Bala wanted to talk about the France game and I mentioned Dini's performance and how that's going to carry a lot of weight coming into this game but to just go off a little bit of a tangent in like a non-Premier League direction we saw Griezmann finally have a good game after forever and it's just interesting to see how you know he forced his way out of Barcelona and now he's crying that the team doesn't play the style that he wants so I just wanted to know what your take was on that. So you had an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, once again, France just always, you know, as usual, doing really, really well um, on the international level. Their players seem to gel. You have Mbappe, you have Griezmann, all these guys, you know, putting in work. And I mean, the biggest thing for me is just clarity in terms of, I mean, obviously in the last year, 12, 14 months, Griezmann hasn't been as good as those heights as he was during the World Cup and the Euros, but before that but still in general you just see how he still manages to get on the gold sheet still manages to create all over and versus on the other side at Barca where just nothing seems to be clicking for him um but um that's the that's I mean that's the biggest thing I just did want to yeah. touch upon and I mean who knows maybe they will change the system and who knows how much of it is actually to do with the system rather than I feel like with um, Barca, you know, if there is a system in place, it is to support Messi. Absolutely. To be completely honest, versus in France, where, you know, you do obviously have 
world world class players like Mbappe and stuff, but still it definitely feels like with such big names, I think the biggest thing is just the cohesion with the team and it's how it's just that everyone can just support each other and everyone just Yeah, and I think international breaks you can see like like you said, like Griezmann is a perfect example of you can see how like fitting a player in a system is so indicative of how good that player ends up looking on the field, right? And talking about square pegs and round holes, we have the entire England national setup. Which is a good segue into like yeah. just the disastrous results for them this week. Maybe not disastrous in that they won one game, but then the second game, thanks to Captain Greece, uh, Harry Maguire, they had a little bit of a <laughs> troublesome game going 10 men with, you know, 35 minutes into the game. But I think that's a good segue considering that first game of England was a huge, huge game for the young Arsenal uh, left wing back, left back, whatever he is these days, left winger. And uh, he had a massive week, scored the goal against Sheffield, and now Arsenal host City, who, again, players had a very interesting international break. Uh, De Bruyne looks like he's iffy for the game. I think he's like 75% likely that he starts, so that's a huge, huge uh, bit of news, considering how poor City have looked in the last 12 months without De Bruyne on the field. So, uh, what does the Arsenal fan think? And you were talking about, again, you know, you were mentioning that how City have such a world-class squad in that all their players are traveling all over the world Ruben Diaz and you know we, we talked about Portugal they have so many Concello Diaz coming from all over the world whereas Arsenal for the most part because they have a young squad are playing together for this period or these two I mean we're together for these two weeks so that do you do you see that helping them this weekend what do you expect from the game I, City have had a very City have had Arsenal's number for a long yeah, time in the league now so we haven't won there since but I yeah, yeah. Is so we have been since like 2015. That Kozola masterclass. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't really know if this is gonna help or not. If the international break helped or not, because clearly the entire Tierney situation. Um, he got, mm-hmm. he didn't even get tested positive. It's just someone else. I forget who. I think it was Armstrong. Who got Stuart tested. Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, and they were playing PlayStation together apparently. But there, there are pictures and there's evidence that he was socially distancing so there's an entire drama going on regarding that but I don't think he's going to start which leaves Kolasinac so <laughs> I don't really know how that's <laughs> going to go but the only thing that's, that gives me a little bit of um, hope is that City if you, if you think about how they've played this season they've started games really well but they've always died out you know the Leeds game, um, even the game before that, I forget. The Wolves, yeah, the Wolves, Wolves game is a perfect exactly. example of that. Even yeah. the Leeds game, they scored early, but then they they dropped off and Leeds got back into the game. So I feel like if Arsenal can hold on for the first half, for 60 minutes, then I think we're, we have a good chance of actually getting it result. Maybe even a win. Um, but regarding the starting lineup, and if, I don't know who he's going to go with because Partey is actually going to train today for the first time with the team. So I don't know if he's going to start or not. He had international duty as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are a few, there were a few, few key players who were missing from the training these past few weeks. So I don't know who's going to start, who isn't. But yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, and just talk about Saka's week a little bit and what you make of him and the impact you expect for him to have this season. You know, he's every single thing. I mean, just the guy's attitude towards mm-hmm. like life is so interesting because he's such a God-fearing 
Like yeah. he's like a 19 year old. That's so unlike like today's youth, right? Like I don't see like young footballers it's, tweeting like Jesus Christ yeah. <laughs> and tweeting like biblical verses. And just an incredible that. young lad, and like you know he's had yeah, a phenomenal I mean, especially with all the, uh, rise to stardom with, in the last two with weeks. With all the drama that's been going around England, especially the England squad with all the youth like Mason mm-hmm, Greenwood mm-hmm. and Phil Foden, and now even K- K- Trippier has gotten into some trouble. Ben Chilwell uh, and Tammy yeah. Abraham. <laughs> All of them getting in trouble. This guy's just like really focused. And he was talking about how when he first got his call up, he was in shock. He was on the plane for like good five minutes. He was moving and Lakers had to come and smack him on the head in time to get off the plane. <laughs> found that funny. And yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he yeah, really like a re- brilliant talent. But um, this season, what I expect from him is just his versatility, I think. Arteta's going to be playing him in all sorts of roles like he did last season. Um, does he start against City? Maybe, given this Tierney thing that's going on. But yeah, I mean, he's he's he he got nominated for the uh, Golden Boy Award. Golden Boy. Golden Boy. Yeah. yeah. All all I know is that goal he scored against Sheffield was the difference between Bad Luck FC <laughs> and uh, Team Ashwin V10 in the end. So thank you, Bukayo. It seemed to be like a like a consolation goal, but thanks to Grealish and Salah, it became a, a valid goal in the end. But any predictions? We haven't done predictions in a while, and I think this was a really like interesting game for us. I think the Liverpool uh, predictions are not like might have a little bit of a bias, so we'll go with the uh, City Everton, uh, City Arsenal as the biggest game of the week for predictions, and uh, we'll go around starting off with Utsav. Well, I was gonna say I've. Um started to uh, dip my toe into the betting and this is the one game that I was <laughs> going to stay away from ironically yeah talk to us about the odds so, so what Bala I was about going, the game what, what are the odds yeah, for the so city game for the city game currently on Robada so it can change it's uh, minus one for city so what that essentially means for those of you that don't know is that city would essentially have to win by more than one goal if they win by one goal it would be what we call a push so you know you would get your money back so from an Arsenal standpoint, they essentially just have to lo- uh, lose by a goal or less or essentially draw or win. So I honestly, I'm feeling pretty optimistic for Arsenal. I think um, City have been just very lackluster. You know, they haven't been helped by injuries in the, um, with Jesus and Aguero. This whole decision to play Fernandinho and Rodri, I mean, it's a little bit too slow for me in midfield. But, um, you know, I'm going to... It's tough to bet on Arsenal, but I'll, I'll say that you know maybe, maybe a draw, maybe a draw. Yeah, and I think I mean a draw would be a massive result for Arsenal, right? And like I mean the the odds are heavily against that result coming through, so that's a big game. And I think another we're just staying on this theme of international breaks and how we can see these themes sort of play out in the Premier League. Uh, another thing that Rutsa mentioned was Havertz and Werner, two players who haven't seemed particularly on fire in the Premier League yet. You know, they're both young guys. They've just come into the league. Obviously, a weird season considering no off-season and all that. But you can see the talent in them every time they play outside. You know, like what they did for Germany. I think it was against Switzerland or Ukraine, was it? Where they scored four... Uh, it was 4-0 and Havertz and uh, oh, Switzerland. No, no. Oh, so, yeah. so Havertz and... That was 3-3. I, they, that was the second right. game. The first game, they won 4-0. Havertz had a goal and an assist, and Werner had a goal and an assist. So, really, really intriguing to see how they will perform against uh, Southampton this weekend. Uh, Southampton haven't been, you know, haven't had the hottest starts to the season, but slowly improving. Couple of wins on the trot. So, 
going to be a really interesting game. But two games that we decided to talk about were the Leicester Villa game and uh, Tottenham. I mean, the Tottenham West Ham game. So, if one of you can take off and talk about Leicester and what you expect from Leicester Villa, Villa have been one of the stories of the season without a doubt so far. Three and three. You know, we spoke a little bit about them last episode, but if you guys. If either of you can talk about, you know, what you expect from this game and what you expect from Leicester, and you you see this being another upset for Villa. So, I think it's gonna be, if not for these big games, I think it's gonna be a really really fun game to watch, especially with the way Villa have started playing, and the signing they've made in Barkley, and you know the connection Barkley and Grealish showed, and Leicester are not gonna stand by; they're gonna attack Aston Villa too. They see three points potential, three points against Aston Villa, so it's gonna be a really interesting game to watch, and I would actually predict that Aston Villa could get the result and get the three points just because they've been better defensively as compared to Leicester. But then again, with Leicester's experience, you don't know what's going to happen. Isn't, so isn't Madison It's going to be a great game to watch. Madison, yeah. it's, I'm not sure because he was He's been back, back and then he got injured. Ag- yeah, he got yeah. injured again. So, so no uh, at least on at least online yeah, it says it's like going to be like a game time so decision. With him. Going back to that betting theme, this is one game that I identified as a good bet. Leicester at home, it's minus a half, so they essentially just need to win at home. Nothing to take away from Aston Villa, but I think what Apoor was saying at the back end of those points, I think their experience and then the squad overall will shine through. And I'm, I'm well, I'm I mean, going for a Leicester win. I don't know what the injury situation is, so maybe you guys can fill in. But is NDD back? Because I think he's another player that they've no. missed, and I think that's what went really NDD's wrong not when back. they played West Ham. So if he's not back, if Madison's injured as well. I think this this isn't like a sure shot, but I don't know what you're saying. Did you guys did catch that FIFA game that during game. lockdown? I said it's a bet that they're gonna win at home. <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, no, no. So I mean, I think that's a good bet, though. If, if like you're gonna get, you know, double your money or whatever the odds are for betting on Leicester to win yeah. at home against Villa, I think win. all things considered, it's a good bet. Yeah, but I was just talking about uh, so uh, Madison and Grealish played a little game of FIFA recently, like a couple of days ago, the and they were game. talking about their matchup. And Madison keeps going, "Oh, this is just like the Premier League." Michael Oliver giving all the fouls to Jack Grealish and. Uh, they were talking about NDD, you know, and the, he's like, uh, Grealish is like, every time I step on the field, that guy kicks my shins, kicks my ankles. So I'm not looking forward I to I mean, he has a big shin I'd to much aim rather, so. yeah. Big calves, big shin. But he's like, I'd much rather play against Little Mendy. And then Madison lost it when he said Little Mendy. So it looks like it will be Little Mendy this week again, who's actually been decent for them. But they've had a couple of uh, sort of questionable games and obviously that ended... Badly against West Ham for them, so I mean, it'll be a really, really interesting it's game. Also, and it's not just Mendy; it's also the fact that they're playing three at the back, and um, they used to play NDD at least at the start of the season. They played NDD as a centre back, but now they're forced to play this Amate. Yeah. Daniel Amate. <clears throat> yeah, and he's done a decent job, but he's not quite NDD, so I don't know. Yeah, they're saying it's going to be Fofana. Most probably, the new signing will probably like take uh, Evans's place. You see, but it's, it's just Villa, but they're also playing. They also played West Ham at home, and they got thumped. I don't, I don't right, quite know right, what you is, can put your put it down to, but I'm putting it yeah, down to the that fact that in the grand scheme of things, I believe Leicester has a better squad than Villa. I believe 
you're I mean once again I'm not taking anything away from Villa like obviously absolutely thrashed Liverpool you know they're whatever second or third in the table for a reason but I think if I had to bet Leicester to win at home versus Villa Villa not to win away I'm going to pick Leicester to win at home yeah I mean I guess and I think yeah you have to give like the odds have to be in the favor of Leicester because they've had a break and not many people have traveled for them yeah and they will obviously just be looking at that one single game right I don't know Let's move yeah, on to I mean, Bale. I think it's 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 definitely one of those games that like you know, considering the forms of both teams, anything can happen. But another game that is exactly like that is like Abu said. The next game we want to talk about is West Ham, Tottenham, and West Ham had a pathetic start to the season. You know, having a terrible game against uh, Newcastle, losing that game, and then having a slightly better performance against Arsenal, but still weren't able to get any points from that game. But since then, they've gone on to smash Wolves and smash Leicester. So now they host uh, a Tottenham team that's also... Sorry, they go they yeah, visit they go a Tottenham, Tottenham team that's that's had like a massive, massive result against United and will maybe be ret- welcoming back their prodigal son in Bale. So... Really, really interesting game to see in terms of all of these storylines panning out and what happens. And I personally see what I was, I watched the whole West Ham Leicester game and I was just astounded by that West Ham midfield three and the uh, front three. I, I really have never seen a West Ham team play so well, so compact, so organized. You know, they knew exactly what to do. Every time they had a ball, had the ball, they had a clear idea on what exactly they were going to do. I thought Antonio was fantastic and so was Bowen. Uh, and now they're looking to sign Benarama, yeah, so I, I really think that. that would be a, a, a game-changing signing for them. You know, if they were able to pull that across the line, Will obviously I don't think it can happen by this weekend. But it has to happen by Friday. I mean, I mean it, it's apparently. Oh, so okay, okay. So tomorrow is the, is the deadline. deadline. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously him in the championship, I thought they were going to beat Fulham, but even his goal at the beginning of this season, I think it was last week or the week before. That guy is. I mean, what I think they wanted Felipe Anderson to be, you know, someone that's actually like dynamic yeah, that's what in the sense. Yeah, but he's he's ridiculous. I think very very good signing if it manages to go through. Like really really good signing. But but the thing with West Ham is they have made those um, signings, but like it hasn't always worked out. Like like you said. Um, but at least this guy's played in English football in some capacity, which is like I think somewhat helping but i know i completely maybe, agree maybe. in the sense that it could bust but even you can't Paolo. stop making signing i mean but he's not like you know like he's more finishing and no and i think anderson did work though for like for a few team. months in yeah, there Moyes anderson didn't prefer like anderson real... or yamalenko and both of them were performing under the previous manager who i forget it was who it was Slavin but Bush. as soon as <laughs> yeah as soon as Moyes came in anderson just yeah. fell apart and uh, Yamalenko got injuries and he never made it back to the first eleven. So, but yeah, moving on to the Spurs, I, I we can come back to uh, West Ham if you guys want to talk about that a little bit. But do you expect? I think I mean obviously it's all a guess for all of us. But like I don't know, I, I I expect Bale to start. It looks like he is fit. You know, I saw a couple of pictures from training where he looks really good, which is the only indication outsiders like us will ever get. But. He said he's uh, fit and all the, the staff apparently have actually put out a statement that they're really happy with his levels of fitness and 
I think it'll be a really, really interesting, and this is the type of game that I could see him like actually do well in. Uh, go ahead yeah, so no, what, what I was going to ask is, and this kind of ties into how fit you think he is, from a fantasy perspective, because, you know, in FPL you don't get to see the lineups, <laughs> would you put him in right now, ignoring cost in terms of fitness, do you think he would, would you put him in? As as one of the FPL gurus once said, <laughs> when Bale used to play, <laughs> when Bale used to play back in the Premier League in 2012, if you have Gareth Bale in the FPL squad, <laughs> you win. You win. You have to start him, bro. So actually, <laughs> on a serious Wait, note, the, I would definitely get Gareth Bale in just because of the price. He is. He's like nine point five. He's way cheaper than all the other, you know, marquee midfielders available to us. And I think, like surprisingly, Mourinho's Spurs, the front two right now, are doing really well. And I could see Gareth Bale fitting right in, and you know, delivering with goals and assists because both his partners are prolific in front of the goal and they've been assisting as well. But I don't know. He has to go up against Arthur Maswaku, so I don't know. I'm not feeling too confident. <laughs> so that's a tough one, dude. Even, even Cresswell. Have you seen yeah, I think... on that ball he gave? Yeah, I'm... Dude, that, that cross to Mikhail Antonio yeah. was incredible. Yeah, like if brilliant. Trent did that honest... same thing from the right side, people would have gone crazy. Which he... Even if Robo did it from the left, they would have gone just as crazy. Robo doesn't do it, dude. Not anymore. No, but honestly, I was just going to make a point about that game. I'm glad you guys mentioned that goal because West Ham have kind of just like copied the Sheffield system where they're playing a fullback in one of the three and they allow him to go up. So it's actually really interesting to watch. And he's basically taken Chris Wilder's system and all of Wilder's terrible players and he's replaced them with like semi-decent players and it's actually working to a real treat for them. So I'm actually really excited for this game as well, but most of all, just excited to have Premier League back. And uh, any final thoughts or any conclusions that the boys would like to make about this upcoming weekend? Any uh, predictions? Yeah, I have a question for you, Ashwin, before we finish. You did mention like Maguire Maguire and, you know, United's problems and everything. Do you see... Do you see... Edinson Cavani starting or you know what do you what do you expect from the United game a little bit on this because it's a big game coming from coming after a loss and what Bruno that bad to one of their rivals and people are saying Bruno had a fallout with Solskjaer so like what do you expect going into this United game didn't they say Cavani has to quarantine (laughs) sorry to cut you off I thought I saw that somewhere no idea only a plus to us. Okay. No, he is. He is self-isolating or something. You're right. But I don't know if that makes him like unavailable for the game. It looks like he's most probably unavailable. Yeah. So he'll probably not have anything to do with this game. But if you uh, if I, I mean, yeah, because Marshall is suspended, right? So you, I, I would assume that like the the most like <laughs> appropriate fit. But honestly, I'm I'm, I'm sad about asking this because you know last week's episode. I went on that whole little rant about United and I don't even remember anything while I said it. I had to like listen to the episode the day after to like look back and be like, because it's just so much sadness involved when you talk about those subjects. My mom actually returned from Dubai today and she bought me a United jersey and we had like a 10 minute fight about that. (laughs) And I was like, why will you give this money? And my dad is like, why? You stop supporting them. I'm like, no, like it's nothing to do with supporting you can switch, the team. Like a poop, you can switch if you want. Actually, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. 
But no, wait, so who, but, do you, uh, who do you think will start as centre-backs? Because I think Maguire yeah, so, clearly needs a break. No, Bai is injured, so it has to be Maguire. And, and Bai is out. Yeah, so Bai got injured again while playing for Ivory Coast. So, I, I, I mean, I, I think coming back to your first question about Maguire specifically, what I'm seeing from all the United fans online is that they desperately want him to be dropped just to give him a break, you know? They're talking about, like, mental health and stuff, and it's just hard, man. Like, he's really been through a lot in the last, like, two months, you know, with the Greece thing and then coming into United, having such a poor start to the season. And uh, I was watching an interview today with, where, like, Keen and Ian Wright were both talking about how if anything ever went wrong for them outside of their dressing rooms, you know, Keen is like, I would come back to a dressing room with Cantona, Ferdinand, and all these like massive characters that would help take care of me and help nurture me back in. And Wright was saying the same thing, you know, for him with Tony Adams and David Rokas and all these big players, these big personalities, you know, so when whenever something would go wrong for them, they'd come back into the Arsenal United dressing room respectively and feel a sense of like, calm and feel a sense of like homeliness and they were talking about how Maguire is going to have absolutely none of that because the moment he, he comes Pogba. back he has Pogba and Bruno and I mean he's so been through talk, the same thing about... Pogba's been through what Maguire is going through right? yeah. <laughs> they can both sit on the bench together <laughs> they can be benched together because that's what another huge thing is United fans are clamoring for Pogba to be dropped but just coming back to Maguire you were talking about Fernandez fighting with Solskjaer apparently the reason uh, Fernandez was benched at half time of the Spurs game was because he fought with Maguire. He went up to him and said, you don't deserve to wear this shirt. So then it got like really like feisty to the point where Solskjaer made Fernandez. Exactly. So he made Fernandez sit in the, at halftime with Martial and watch the second half from like inside. So it's just a really good situation in the club right now. But yeah, I hope Maguire is benched, but I, I don't see it so happening. So do you think you because, can get a result you know, at like James's said, Park? <laughs> what result? Because I think last yeah, year, the points. game that we lost 1-0, last year we had a 1-0 a loss to uh, Newcastle at St. James, <clears throat> thanks to one of the long staff boys. But that was the worst game I've seen in my life as a United fan. So hopefully if it's anything better than that, you know, we can get okay, this draw out of it. So it's like tangent, why wouldn't United keep Smalling then? I thought he, would, he had a good Smalling didn't want to stay. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I completely agree with you. I think, like Smalling was definitely United's second best defender, arguably United's best centre back. You know, so it's like a a really like baffling decision. And I guess the the cast was die when you know he made such a good impression in in the Serie A last season, and he was really really eager to go back there because that game seems to suit his style a little bit more. Which is odd because you'd consider like Italian defending, like prime defending, and you have Mike Smalling going over there and dominating. So you never know football until you know. I mean, things Phil Jones happen. is gonna come good at some point. Ferguson said. <laughs> Ferguson <laughs> said. Not only is he the greatest defender this club has ever had, he could be the greatest player this club has ever had. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, I my prediction for the United game is a is a negative one, so I'm not really gonna go deeper into that. I'm just gonna pray for a for a Brighton type game where we get a penalty in the last kick of the game. But apart from that, After if you guys have no closing comments. We will see everybody. My closing comment. My closing comment is bet on Leicester. It's <laughs> <laughs> my final final closing thoughts. If they don't win, then I'm not here next week. <laughs> Good odds. On that note. On that note, we'll pack it up and see you guys next week.